Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. This is the story of how a group of people brought music back to Afghanistan by creating their own version of American Idol. The joy they brought to the nation. You're free completely. No one is there to destroy you. The danger they endured. They said my head should be cut off. I'm John Legend. Listen to Afghan Star on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to J.Ill, a production of iHeartRadio. What's up, everybody? How y'all doing? Hopefully you're well. I'm sitting here trying to scarf down some of this cauliflower pizza. And you can hear the way I said it, that it's not all that great. <laughs> but okay, I'm you're trying. putting in your effort for the new year to be healthier. I love it. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying, you know, something different. What's up? Like I said, let me get this out of my mouth. <clears throat> Pause. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> so you got me cursing already, lie here. Listen. You said it. I did. Hi. <laughs> huh. Hi, everybody. What's up? This is Jill Scott, and you are listening to J.L. with my homegirls, Laia St. Clair. Y'all. And Aja Graydon Danzler. Hello, hello, hello. Why do I have to go Aja Graydon Danzler? I've waited my whole life to be a three-namer. Like, I never even <laughs> realized that I was until I started doing this podcast. I was like, wait a minute. I'm, I'm a three-namer. I like a three-namer. A I can't wait to... Change my name to Dr. Jill Scott. Yes. Come I, on, I, Dr. Jill. I'm what, into what you this doctor, uh, What you want, Dr. Life nickel. Life. Life. Like that. You know, humanities. <laughs> English. Bunch of stuff, I guess. I'll use it wherever I can. You have gotten an honorary thing, though, right? Like from Temple I did. Okay. I'm, I'm going to use it wherever I can. Yeah, hell yeah. I'm going to feel that. Well, hopefully, at some point, one of these universities will let me teach something. I'm sure I know something. 
Well, yes, girl, you know you're about to get a bunch of letters now. Yes, you yeah, should just most yeah. definitely teach something. I would love Come to. On. I'm going to do something. I, I enjoyed all the stuff I've done thus far. It's been real nice. It's been real yeah. cool. I, I could see you definitely doing that. That would be dope. I, I will like take your class. class. I will Spell take your me. class. Thank you, Angel <laughs> Graydon Dantzler. Right. And you know, I like to take a class. Girl, like, I like, class. Oh, no, I got a top. It's funny. In my mind, I was like, I'll take a few classes from Jill. It depends on the subject, but she definitely is an expert on uh, quite a few things. So it just, you know. <laughs> that is that is the part of the life, man. Mm. Like, I have been waiting for this my whole life to, to be able to share some knowledge and some wisdom from living. Yes. Yeah. But I remember being, uh, you know, in my 20s and thinking that 40 was old as shit. Hell yeah. Me I thought too. that was Me so old. Like 40? Uh, uh, yeah. Uh. But at the same time, you know, I've been waiting for this moment. I, I like this. It's good mm. for me. Yeah, I remember my mother turning 40. And I remember thinking, you know, my mama looked good for 40. Like, because they were 40. I was do old. remember that. I remember and that. like, oh, well, my mom is killing 40. Okay. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. whatever. But I do think that it was that was the moment where a, a little bit of that realization that, okay, I kind of have lived a little bit of life, but my, my aunties, they don't quite respect that yet. And I used to feel resentful about that. So I think a lot of times what happens is we remember feeling resentful when we were young right. from older women. And we're mm-hmm. like, uh-uh, no, no, no. I'm still the person trying to prove themselves. I'm still the person that's trying to get towards my goals. If I say I'm auntie, that means I'm that person who's, you know, beyond that moment of learning and 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 and, and being the student and the young woman and the full of energy and full of potential. And I just think that's bullshit. You're still that young woman. You just know what you know. And mm-hmm. it's time to impart that on the next group of young women so they don't make those same mistakes. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. Or, or at least ma- they or, have or, some perspective. Or at least just once. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, just just once is good enough. If you can manage, don't, don't go back nine times, baby. <laughs> Listen. So speaking of making mistakes and going back and doing it over and over again, we're talking about generational curses today. Generational curses. That is that stuff that your grandmama did, or your grandfather, great grandfather did, and your mom does, or your dad does, or auntie does, or you know people who have uh, influence over your existence that they've done and then you do. And somehow, some way you end up teaching your children to do the same. That's generational, you know? Mm. So we're talking about that today. That's something that's real prevalent in the black community, holding on to stuff like grandma got diabetes, mama got diabetes. Mm. You know, kids might have early diabetes, you know? Mm. It's, it's, a, it's a real thing. What are some generational curses that you think of? I've noticed in my family that people don't live till they're very old. Hmm. I'm thinking back on my parents who are both gone and they never reached 70. Hmm. I think back on my grandmother. Now my mother's mother lived to be almost 90, but she did spend about a decade with dementia. And then also I think about my father's mother who passed when I was eight or nine years old. So if I think about that, my dad was just in his thirties. So that means my grandmother wasn't very old when she passed, his mother. 
Mm. So I'm th- I thought about that a lot recently, like about, whoo, I have got to take care of myself because longevity does not seem to be a thing that I have on my side. Now, maybe, and I won't take away the possibility that there are some environmental things that might add to that, whether it be mm-hmm. poverty, whether it be trauma, or some of the reasons why the folks in my family have not had this extended life, but it makes me more aware of just like, okay, I, I'm 42, I have to take care of my body. So that's been a motivator for me coming out, of, especially in this particular year, after watching, obviously going through a year of folks dealing with, you know, the possibility of how strong their bodies are to take on something like a virus. Mm-hmm. Was it all health related or just untimely? I'm gonna say both. You know, I think it, I think there were some mental and emotional aspects of it that fueled the physical aspects. You know, my mm-hmm. mother was a chronic asthmatic. And so obviously she grew up in a time period where people smoked cigarettes a lot. They were around people who smoked Everywhere. cigarettes a lot. Everybody did mm-hmm. that. So she, you know, already had like a predisposed thing going on. But I also believe that I feel that her life, that her trying to handle different emotional traumas throughout her life that had not been dealt with added to the physical. So I just think those things work together. So for me, I'm really trying to pay attention to my mental health and my physical health because I just realized how those things can give you a one-two punch. And particularly as a Black person, period, male or female or otherwise, that we are just predisposed to have these kinds of issues just from the gate. Then you start adding on your personal life and things like that. So anyway, with my family, I just want to take heed to the fact that, yes, this is this is serious. Health seems like it's a really big deal. Like, I mean, obviously, right. I don't mean to say like it seems like it is a really big deal, uh, particularly, I'll say, in impoverished communities. Right. In black communities. Like, even if you've got some money, like our thing, the women in my family, I'm the shortest I'm I'm five six and a, a little bit of change, but everybody is is five ten and up, pretty much. Mm-hmm. My mother, you know, is six one. Like all the women in our in our family are really large women, like Amazons. That's what I dope. always say. I always thought that was dope. Yeah, because when the shit go down, don't you know? Don't let the don't girls come the girls. Girls. They can swing, honey, yeah. and and pick up things, honey. <laughs> like they're not a not a joke. But it's the, I won't say being fat, but I'll say having fat. Mm. I, I don't like that. I, I When somebody says, oh, I'm fat. Like, no, you have fat. You're not fat. You're a person with fat. <laughs> like, right. like, I'm not trying to be so p- politically correct, but that just irks me. No, I like, like that, though. That just irks me. In, insensitively, like to say somebody is cancer. No, you have cancer and you aren't cancer you know what i mean and and you can people don't even say that they only do it with fat really when you think about it right right yeah. that that irks Man. me but Man. you know i have a, a generation several generations of women my mother was long and skinny until she was about 60 till she yeah. was about 60 with me you know i notice i'm i'm up and i'm down i'm up and i'm down i'm up and i'm down i like to be down but i'm happier up like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I'm just happier, you know? Like, <laughs> when y'all think about health and like our, you know, the generations before us, it's funny. I was just out riding my bike yesterday 
And I got so excited because I live in an area, not live in an area, where, where we were, not a lot of Blacks. But I just saw so many Black people out on their bikes. And I said to my boyfriend, I was like, yo, this is what COVID can do for us, right? Mm-hmm. But then, you know, this COVID can really take us outside. Like COVID can really help us get healthy. COVID, you know, I'm saying outside of healthy and, and reading and doing your stuff. But then when you think back to like our moms and our grandmoms and big ups to my mom, because I think she's kind of broke a, not a curse, but in the sense of being aware of fitness and health, that something of a privilege that her mother may not have had. You know what I mean? Like, For sure. like, I don't know, we felt like we didn't have time. We was doing so much. It was just too much going on to think about self. And now we're like, well. It comes from us being accustomed to the scraps anyway. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So when you look at a box of noodles, I, I know y'all be like, you know what they call. I don't know them people. I don't want them people coming for me. But mm. what I'm saying the sodium is Sodium jars? Yes, honey. Is it what is it? Sixteen seven hundred milligrams of sodium uh, per some noodles. Some noodles that, if if you're trying to splurge, you put some cut up hot dogs in, which is also a salt factory, and then you put some hot sauce on that. You know, it's Ooh. which is more salt, and then you might have one or two of those a day. Like that. That was the cornerstone of the broke ass diet. Like that is that was lunch with soda (laughs) and zero water. A lot of college diets too, especially freshmen. A lot of college diets. That's all you had was was a can of dried noodles and them packets of of death. Those death packets. I've seen people put two death death packets. Two death packets. Two death packets (laughs) on some noodles like yeah, the had a little packet and go I'm putting some chicken in here yeah no you're yeah not. no you're not but listen wait a minute there was a once upon a time that was like the first thing Satine ever made for me oh what's new made Oh, Man. Did he put some accoutrement in there with some extra Asian? Did he he had like a, a secret. What he would do was oh. he would put all the, the death pack on first. <laughs> in the water? No, no water. On the noodles. Oh. Then the water, he would pour the water on the noodles after all the noodles had been seasoned oh, properly. Yeah. And then he poured Marinade. the water. Mm-hmm. And just a little bit of water because he, he liked it to be, be noodly so, instead yeah, of soupy. Yeah. Yes, he had like a whole thing. Then I had like a tuna sandwich to go with it. It was cute. That's very cute. It's very cute. We we live and we learn. And when I found out, what does the human body need? Let's let's do some investigating. Water, right? right? Yeah, I mean, obviously, the human body needs water. But how much human... Hey, Siri, how how much salt does the human body need per day? Okay. I found this on the web for how much, how much salt does the human body need per day? Check it out. Okay. The American Heart Association recommends no more than 2,300 milligrams a day and moving toward an ideal limit of no more than 1,500 milligrams per day for most adults. Now the damn noodle packet is 1,700 milligrams. Girl. Of salt. Girl. That's one that meal up. that you're going to be hungry later on. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, trust me when I tell you, y'all hit the nail on the head when it comes to the health aspect, but, you know, and not not to, you know, cast aside the idea that some of this is just about what we had access to. Like, I mean, it's just, it's just about what do we have? What do we have? What do we know? What were we using? <laughs> and it's just... 
1,820, <laughs> y'all. I just want y'all to know. You said 18, what? 1,820. For, for the noodle pack? In the one packet. Yeah, I'm sorry, Asia. Finish on with your wisdom, dog. In the death pack? Is in the death, that's why it's the death packet. 1,820, boo. That's a year. Now what you gonna eat for the rest of the day? Now what? Sugar. Sugar. <laughs> 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 I need the sugar to soak up the sodium. Because mm. that's I'm on that side of black. That's my issue. Listen, my grandmother lived to be 91 years old, and she ate pork rinds till the end. She was with all of it. And yeah, I'm, and I'm gonna tell you, how did we, mm, yeah, I was how did we get to be with how? the shits? Like I was that, eating though. shitlings. I ate them things. Ate them? Oh, I ate them with my whole heart and my shoes <laughs> off and my toes she wiggling. Said with my whole heart. Yes, I ate chitlins. Yes, yes. I ate chitlins until they, they passed away. My grandmother passed. That meant no chitlins in that area. And my aunt Shirley passed. And that meant no more chitlins in life. I am so shocked. I, and I, I wouldn't eat nobody's chitlins. I mean, they died. Chitlins died. Okay, and I'm, I'm, I'm the more grateful. you say it, the more. Mm, okay. Oh my God, it's horrible. But nonetheless, I think <laughs> this sounds even worse. My grandmother used to put a cap full of bleach Mm-mm. in the water when she cleaned the chitlins. <laughs> you already know. I'm. It's a miracle. I'm alive. That's why I'm white. white. <laughs> he said, "That's why your teeth so white." <laughs> it's a miracle. I'm alive. No, I think it's a miracle most of us are alive. I never again, my mother told me that as a kid. She was like, oh, girl. She was like, Similac was new, honey. She was like, she said people used to dilute, child. Mm-mm. Dilute condensed milk. Yeah. Oh, my God. Condensed milk. You know how oh. sweet that is? That baby dilute. was like, Man. People used to die, die <laughs> condensed milk. I said, Mom, oh my God. She was like, yeah. She said that was like for if people couldn't, you know, breastfeed or they chose not had to work or whatever. She said, people used to do that. Well, see, I said, so I think it's a, it's a survival thing, which most of our generational stuff yeah. is. It's, it's kind of shifting out of survival mode mm-hmm. into thrive mode. Like, how do we thrive mm-hmm. beyond these kinds of things? And I I don't doubt that a little bit of all these things we mentioned is worked together in a nice little clusterfuck to affect my family and so many others. Mm-hmm. So I'm really sure that if, if we went through the layers, that we would be able to find evidence of all these things. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the food, the access to food, the, the health care, the mental health, the yada, yada, yada. Because I just, yeah. And now we got some bitch ass systems mm-hmm. <laughs> to answer the question, the earlier question too, about how our parent grandparents lived to be that long and eat so eat like that. It's like I feel like our systems are bitch ass now. Well, I don't think that we're eating a lot of food. This is my opinion. Things don't science. taste we're things, too much science. Things don't taste the way they used to taste. Like I don't understand seedless grapes. I don't understand how that happens. I don't. I don't like to start thinking about these things. I just I'm just coming to this realization that like. Those in, kind of things are natural. In my like lifetime. Watermelon. And like yours. Watermelon. Bananas used to have seeds. They used to have little black no, seeds. They did. Yes, Shut they up, did. Hell. I don't even... Why? Yes, they did. I remember. The, the GMO thing is deep. The GMO thing is this is something that we have in our laps that our parents didn't necessarily have. So we're going to have to take these... You know, we have things to take this to account. the next... Yeah, take yeah, yeah, it to yeah. account to the next level. Yeah. Yeah, because now it's funny. I just started, I know this sound, I should be so more educated, but I just started going to Trader Joe's and saying, you know what? 
fuck them big ass bananas. I'm going for the ones that's small because I don't think they're really supposed to be that big. I don't think that chicken part. wings are supposed to be that big. Where did that chicken come from? <laughs> Where did the chicken? I remember when they around the hood they started selling these big ass chicken wings at the Chinese store. I said that can't be right. Yeah. What chickens? How and how many wings what did they chi- have? What? Did any, how could that be? I'm not eating that. I'm skirt. Where they get the food from the corner store? Oh, at the carryout or wherever, depending on where you're from, or the bodega. Where they get it from anyway? It's all, I'm just. Yeah, but I, also, I, too, the bodega and the corner store were one of the first places in the hood to start accepting EBT for hot food. So, I again, we're talking about access and what people access. got and what they can get. They still have a food deserts to this day. Like, oh, my yeah. cousin talks about this all the time. She grew up in C. Pleasant, Maryland. Kevin Durant's from there. He does a lot of work there. Point is that she's like, well, her mom lives. They shut down the only grocery store. Turned it into like a hair supply. Wow. Oh, yeah, that's what they're doing now. They're doing those uh, ultimate hair supplies all over in, in Black neighborhoods, especially in Maryland. They're huge. They're like mini mall size. Yeah, no, no groceries. No groceries. Where they gonna Where they gonna get it from? And then the cost of food, right? Brilliant. I, I mean, this is a capitalistic society. I, I, I hate to have to remind people all the time that right. is, this place we is not. Money? This place is not intended to care for your health and well being. It is intended to make money. That and all kinds of money. But sometimes Big they money. don't even want our money, though, Jill. That's the thing. What like, is it? What is it? Just our death? I don't know. It's it's interesting. Like, it's going to fight PG County. I know I mentioned this before. The largest black middle class in the country. Child, they ain't got no Whole Foods. They ain't got no Trader Joe's. They, they got money, but they ain't got access. They got a giant, maybe uh, every 5th, 10 miles. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But, which is, no, no. Deepness. So, the deepness of the it deepness all. Of and how all. this thing is like a tunnel. It just keeps going further and further. More conversation after the break. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life. Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. When the Taliban banned music in Afghanistan, millions were plunged into silence. Radios were smashed. Cassettes burned. You could be beaten or jailed or killed for breaking the rules. And yet... Afghans did it anyway. This is the story of how a group of people brought music back to Afghanistan by creating their own version of American Idol. The danger they endured. They said my head should be cut off. The joy they brought to the nation. You're free completely. No one is there to destroy you. I'm John Legend. Listen to Afghan Star on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A new season of Bridgerton is here. 
and with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins, and this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then... Fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay. And so, okay. And so, and so how, how do we, what do we do then? So here we are. We are definitely anti-age, whether we decide to acknowledge it or not. I think it's the banding together portion of the show. Like yeah. I, I, there were desperate, oh, I won't say desperate, but there were definitely some serious lean times in my adolescence. And the women, my mother and a few other people in the neighborhood, they would take the hike, get up early in the morning, go to the docks and get all the fresh fruits and vegetables in bulk, divvy it up amongst themselves, you know, so everybody oh. had some. Definitely mm-hmm. stand in line for their government cheese. Definitely get the milk. But we took baths in the milk. We didn't eat that. Oh. Um, milk oh. baths. As children, this is fascinating. Oh, I would, yes. I would, I would get that today if you know if I could get the uh, powdered milk because my skin was soft. My very, very dear friend who has started a foundation called Bridge Builder Program Inc. And what he does is he gives food to people you know, on a normal basis. Mm-hmm. And he said he noticed that when the, when the government was giving out stuff, he would go to place to place to see what they were doing. And it was all the same stuff everywhere. It wasn't like they were giving out grapes or carrots or, mm-hmm. you know, apples. It was all the same packaged, dried stuff for everybody, you know, which is, is, which is alarming. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a rationing kind of 
mentality, but it's like you don't deserve. It's elevating what we feel people deserve hmm. and the humanity of folks. It's like every person deserves to thrive, not to just survive. Right. So right. that's that's the idea is kind of moving away from that thinking. And that thinking can poison us even within our communities, too, because even within our communities, we decide who's worthy. I think we also need to try stuff. Yeah, amen. I think I think a generational curse is also. I, I know plenty of people that only eat chicken tenders and French fries and and hoagies and cheesesteaks. Like that is the food group. That is all they eat. They're not interested in trying anything else. I think that it's important to try stuff. It's it's a cacophony of food and deliciousness mm, out here mm, in this world, mm, mm, and mm. is worth giving it a shot. My mother used to take me to bookbinders. I don't know if I told y'all this story. Did I tell you this story? Mm-hmm. My mother used to take me to bookbinders and she would order a bowl of snapper soup. So this is, I'm, I'm not saying it was like an all the time thing. It was just something that she would do occasionally at different places. She mm-hmm. knew she could afford a bowl of soup at one mm-hmm. of the best restaurants in the city of Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. So we would go there, we would get dressed, Go to the art museum, then go to to bookbinders and share a bowl of snapper soup. She didn't tell me until after I had licked the spoon three times that that was turtle. And I was like, (laughs) (laughs) what did you just give me? And it was turtle. And then we tried the horseradish and, you know, that was thrilling and made sweat pop out of my forehead. But that I really appreciated, you know, even though it wasn't a lot of money, that kind of effort mm-hmm. to make sure that I had a wide palette, you know, yeah. to try different things. I think it's really important to get outside of your chicken tenders and your French fries and your hoagies and cheesesteaks or whatever it is, you know, in your neighborhood to just make an attempt to do something a little different. Widen mm-hmm. your palate yeah. and widen your children's palate as well. Kiwis sometimes are, you know, not the most expensive thing in the market. Like, what is a kumquat? Let's try it. You know, what is what is this? Just keeping keeping this the spirit of a quest. Yeah. Just to I was gonna say things. that idea of what you and your mom did is kind of dope, and I know everybody can't do it as frequently or it wasn't frequent, you know, but even was, if it isn't frequent, even if it was, it was one enough. month. But still the idea, and I think my parents used to do the same, is getting dressed up eating something different and getting a little culture, whether it was a free museum or whether it was a play or something like that, is just... Mm, it, does it, it does something wonders for, for an individual. In there. Yes. And yeah. I, I do appreciate just that. Just continuing that. to expand the palate, just expanding the palate, mm-hmm. mental palate, spiritual palate, emotional palate, all of that. Okay. Generational curses. You mentioned something earlier, like, yeah, about dating... Are we talking about men? Are we going to do that? Are we really about Well, to we're going to go to generational curses. I well, mean, so, in thinking about generational curses, I was trying to think myself because, mind you, my dad is the youngest of nine. He's 81 years old. So I'm not really well-versed on the generations on that side of my family. And then with my mom, it's a, it's a little different. So my mom is the youngest of five. My grandmother passed a couple of years ago at 90-something years old. So I'm And I live with my grandmother for most of my life with my mother. So that being said, the one generational curse that I thought of, God, mommy, don't listen to this show, though, is I would like to leave this planet with someone. I feel like a lot of women in my family, my my aunts, 
My mom and and I still I'm going to hook up my mother. Going we going to find something. It's not over. Yeah. But my grandma, I just I that is something that I would not uh, like to continue in that way. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why. It's there were some. It's, uh, the partnership thing is so super hard. Yeah, that's so hard. It's so much conversation around why black women have this experience in multiple mm-hmm. generations. So many theories, so many judgments and misplaced mm-hmm. judgments. Yeah. So much advice that's shitty about how to change it. So much. It's so, so much, much trauma that they didn't Ooh, deal with so that we now trauma. even have a word for. Right? Ooh, girl. Mm-hmm. It's like it's a lot. It's a lot. It it's is a lot. The one thing I will say is this, in terms of breaking that generational curse, there's a truth that I have spoken about multiple times on this show, which I'm always praying that Black men don't get mad at me about it because I love them so dearly. But being partnered to Black men is an extensive amount of emotional labor. And in Mm. order to do it, and I really think it exists no matter how evolved the man is. I think we live in a racist country. We live in a racist world. We live in a place where white supremacy is on a constant attack. And so the thing is that being mate to someone who has so much access to that attack, that's, you know, being constantly bombarded with it, it's just a lot. And if we're going to break that curse, we have to address the fact that that's real and then address what we have to do to support Black women or any women who have really made it with Black men, but particularly Black women, because then we have to deal with our own experiences also. But we got to address that. That's That's got to be addressed. Well, this is also this generational curse, I feel like, of uh, I'm every woman, because most of the women in our families didn't have partners. And so it's just years of just watching them do everything and have everything on their back without any assistance. And here we and go. Feminist, feminism and womanism. And the difference is there. I think that the, a Black woman's feminism or her, her feminist experience or her womanist experience or, you know, the, the fact that they had to create something for themselves in the first place is that their feminist experience is just really particular. It has some very specific things mm-hmm. that, are just, that, that are just unique to Black women in how we experience our lives as like, uh, you know, understanding our worth and our dignity and our self-determination. All, all of those things just affect us in a very specific way. And if we're not talking about that specifically, then we're not going to be able to really give ourselves the tools to be good mates and to want good mates for ourselves. That's just also to a corner bite of the thing yeah. for me. I want to say this. Cause, cause, this, is, this is my my new mission is to spend time with couples that enjoy each other. <laughs> that, that that like and, and enjoy each other. You're Maybe you're saying, I don't know anybody. Then then actively search for somebody. Oh, and, yeah. you know... So much pressure on Asia because, listen... <laughs> well... <laughs> when I tell uh, you that, I mean, I got a lot of married friends and and they do like each other, but I will say, and I know pressure Asia, no, I'm but sure. the amount, the amount of like, and and even when y'all y'all got y'all just y'all fights or whatever, the friendship is like no other. So it's like I look at my other married friends and I go, but somebody else would not understand Asia and Fatine going back and forth. 
They wouldn't understand. Yeah, because we we argue. We bicker. Yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah. but I, what I'm saying is that y'all bicker like homies. <laughs> oh, we do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm tell you, nigga, what I'm not about to do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we talk. We do talk very, very plain. <laughs> and most of the couples that I know that are really happy with each mm. other talk really, really plain with mm. to with and to each other. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's that's something that I've learned. That it, so does that, that mean? That I'm trying to, to, you know, make it, you know, some kind of sweet so you don't get so angry. But sometimes <laughs> shit ain't sweet. Sometimes yeah. it is what the fuck it is. And I'll have to say it how I said it. But I and think and that's we a have trust, to be that's friends enough. Yeah. Yes. That's a they trust tr- issue. That's another thing. Again, if we're breaking this, this curse, mm-hmm. the, the curse has seeds in, in distrust. So it's reestablishing trust. Those couples that you say talk to each other like that, that's because there's a trust level. The, mm-hmm. the trust is, I know that no matter how you say a thing, that you're not seeking to hurt me. Yes. Right. So I can hear it whichever mm-hmm. way you dish it because I know at the end of the day, you saying this to me out of love. Mm-hmm. And so, or out of just honestly trying to keep everything honest and real. So yeah. that, that trust that right there has to be reestablished between black men and black women in particular. I had that moment in an argument last week. That's so interesting that you said that because I was being broke down as to why do you say, why do you, why do you do this this way? Not necessarily what you're saying, but why do you do this this way? I'm just quiet. I'm listening. I'm listening. I'm listening. And I'm just analyzing. I want to jump out and say nothing because I'm, I'm learning. I'm evolving. I'm not the same person. You know what I'm saying? I'm listening. Yeah. And I just burst it out with like, yo, this is the way I love. Like, and I love hard. And excuse me if I make some, you know, mistakes on the way, but I need you to understand that ah, this is me loving. Like, and I just felt like in that moment, those conversations about, you know, the way we love, essential and, and keeping up keeping up those conversations and the conversations with, with our moms and finding out and our grandparents what really went on. Like, what is the root of these relationships? What is, yeah. What, you know, I'm talking to my mom about my aunts, and she's like, you know, you're, you're one aunt who furnished most of the children in our family. She had five kids, and they had five, six, seven right here. You know, she got married when she was 14 years old. Your grandmother made her marry this person. And so, no, she, after that man who left her, she really wasn't, didn't have not, any other men in her life, right? Mm-hmm. She basically even did to finish her education, but I didn't know this as a little girl growing up. I was just like, Dang, it shows a lot of kids around here. I know that's not what I want to be, like babies and babies and no man. And But that is a curse that you broke. For that's sure. I'm mm-hmm. For but sure. I'm also conscious that I now understand why that happened. Like, we got to understand our family members and just the way that things have happened, the real stories. Because mm-hmm. right. sometimes we only know surface stories about shit. And I'm like, no, there's more. Yeah, there, yeah. there's and, always and, and more. really the humanity, yeah. really placing a humanity on our people, on our families, and just saying, oh, that... That's not just a story. That's not just family tea. That was somebody's heart. That was somebody's fear. And I wonder, sometimes, Mm -hmm. maybe we know too much. Hmm. Sometimes it's too much information. Sometimes knowing something can just crack what you thought (laughs) and, and change your trajectory because it just blew your mind. I'll tell you, mm-hmm. this this blew my mind. I didn't know my mother, my two uncles, and two other aunts. Grandmother had five children. I had no idea that my my most beloved uncle David 
was the son of another man. He had died in the war. And I was like, what? Like, I thought, you know, my grandmother and grandfather, you know, were always together. So they went on with their lives and they obviously got married and had four children um, besides David. Recently, I found out that my grandfather, biological grandfather, had a whole wife somewhere else. While? Yes. Wow. I said, I'm clutching the pearls. What the what? And then she met my grandfather. The, the not my biological grandfather, but the grandfather that I grew up with that loved her beautifully. Like, that's the stuff that I'm talking about. In order to, to do something different, you have to see something different. If all the relationships are cantankerous and, and uh, I'm leaving, you're leaving, everything is a war and a battle, you have to search out other kinds of people. You can't oh, yeah. just, you got to get out of the pond that you're in. By any means necessary, because you're you're going to trap yourself into the same kinds of existence. There is a balance, I think, between. That's my opinion. No, 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 no. I agree with you, actually. I I think I I just think that it's going to be a have to be a balance between normalizing trauma and accepting that life is going to have a lot of different twists and turns and that, you know, no relationship is perfect. And that in relationship being beyond just, you know, the romantic or the married or the partnered, but then also within like, you know, siblings, relationships with parents, all of those different things, like the way that we express love, how we learn how to love, those things are going to look really different depending on a person's experience. So it's not just kind of muscling through and ignoring it or anything, but it's also, like you said, not as you delve deep into those stories, just coming to accept that, yeah, you can see a person who's exceptionally loved, but also that's capable of these other things or that they had to live through these other things and humanizing our family and humanizing ourselves and sustain, okay, this is like a growth thing. If Mm -hmm. someone had to judge my father as a 21-year-old man, and that was the only judgment they had of him for the rest of his life, it would be a sad, sad situation. That you know? is never fair. It's not right. fair. And so all of the ways that we kind of take in the information about who we are and what we come from, we do have to make sure to find that balance to where we're not saying, oh, well, it's normal to kind of suffer, but also that it's normal to have challenges and that people are not just monolithic and that, you know, yeah. not even your own family. There's just going to be something in there. Because Jill, are you saying that now that you have this information that you're you're disappointed or is it just give you like a broader picture of who they were as individuals? I uh, initially, I was disappointed. Mm. I did, I had no idea. No clue. Is that, but did you, it's funny because I feel like we put grandparents on this kind of grandparental pedestal. Yeah, and all the like, pedestals. Yeah. But you know what? And I guess nobody told me because it wasn't my business. I love that man. Right. And he loved me. That was a good old uncle. I enjoyed Mm -hmm. him. And and he died early in life. My grandfather died at least 20 years before my grandmother did. That is a thing in our family, you know, Mm. where the men don't live long. Mm. That is like, ooh scary but it's a very real thing 
Uh, we have these Amazons of women and then the men don't last. One generational curse that I have avoided thus far, and I don't know, you know, I just saw something and it's and it frightened me. I saw people in my family staying together in unhappy marriages, like mm. not even unhappy. Unhappy is lightweight, you know, miserable. Just because mm. they promised. Just because just because or because it's, you know, it's easier or whatever the case may be. I don't know, but I know that I don't want to do that. I know that I don't want to be somewhere, you know, pretending that everything is okay when I just can't stand this, to see you. You know, I didn't have Congrats, that. Congrats, you broke it. You broke Thus it. Thus far. I think so, yes. And I, I really feel like I have, and I'm I'm like, uh, okay. I, I know I know. Your better. tolerance is short now, honey. You're like, <laughs> Maybe. I, I don't, I just it's short haven't, term. Short I haven't it. picked what I needed. And at mm. this age, I'm learning to figure out what it is that I need. Versus I what you want. Right. Versus what I want. And mm-hmm. I know that I don't want to be, I don't want to sit around explaining my soul to somebody all the time. Ma'am. So that means they got to get to know my soul. They got to get to know it. Mm-hmm. Like really get to know it. And that means mm-hmm. time. That, that means time. Yes, I enjoy you. You enjoy me. We're great together. Look at us growing and blossoming. That's awesome, but we also need time because life is going to throw some curveballs and we need to see how we handle them. Mm-hmm. And can we do yeah. it together? Do you go away into a cave, you know, and and, and deal with it all? Lysol <laughs> <laughs> probably hate me for this. Uh, I doubt it. But mm-hmm. it used to really bother me that whenever La was sick, he would never let me take care of him. I'm cool. I got it. I'm cool. Generational curse. Generational curse. You know, I'm curse. like, well, let me just get you the soup and the juice. Let me just, <laughs> let me just make sure, you know, that you're all right. Let me fluff, fluff up your pillow or something. You know, because you're my friend. And yeah. this is how I show my love because you don't feel good. But yeah. he was very, I don't know, just stay away. Yeah, I'm, I'm, a man. I'm all right. I'm a man. I'm okay. <laughs> oh, child. Well, listen, mine, the, the minute that mine get a toe ache, it's like, Baby, he, he don't get sick that often, so that's that's another thing too. He rarely gets ill. So I find that does, endearing. Child, yeah. when he does, he acts like a whole child. Bless I find it endearing. I think it, Girl, it's look, super look, shivering and shit. <laughs> I just, but it's so sweet. I, Can you I mean, just hold me. Yes, you need me. That is nice. I'd be I like, think, listen, I said, look here, I'm not coming back up these steps more than two times. Yeah, I think we need to be needed. <laughs> I do. I think we need to be needed. You know, and, and I'm sure it. if you go down the step like Seth Fred, this motherfucker, shit. Right. <laughs> when I come back up here, he's going to be asleep. Like, no, whatever. I, I just got to, you know me, I got to, I can't, I can't let it go. But that's, but I mean, the, the thing to me, the, the unhappy marriage piece is that, the, the, especially the thing with being in a toxic marriage, like I hear, I hear this a lot, that, that people are over, this idea that like I don't covet this title so much that I'm willing to sacrifice my whole spiritual self, my entire well-being, just to say that I'm married to somebody. And you know, and that is something that I feel like people have done. It's just I've like done the, it. the the whole thing is I gotta get married. I gotta be someone's wife. I gotta be somebody's husband. Because I, I think it. men do it too. 
I men get married to say I'm the head of a house. I'm a I'm a man. I'm some somebody's husband, and it's like the the whole thing around that has become in come in question. But I on saw the flip a side, lack, a major yeah. lack, and I was trying to fill the lack. And I made a series of, of stupid mistakes based on that. Yeah. I mean, well, I think we all married I, for I reasons just that are ridiculous. Yeah. No. And we all been conditioned so, to get married. Though. Yeah. I think we all get married for reasons that are not tied into healthy decisions. Because I, I honestly feel this. And I will admit my, for myself first that I was young. I had thoughts about what marriage were that weren't correct. Mm. And I had trauma that I was choosing from my trauma. Mm -hmm. Oh, this is what my dad was like. Let me pick a dude who's nothing like that. Mm -hmm. Let me pick a man who is specifically catered to what I want. No, that, I mean, I can admit that. That's just real. That's what we do. So first of all, stop stigmatizing people for picking from a bad place. It happens. Mm Mm-hmm. And and stop stigmatizing people for struggling through their marriages because that happens too. Mm-hmm. So don't say, oh, I'm single because I ain't trying to settle. Well, just because a person's in a bad patch don't mean they settled. Right. It means mm-hmm. they're in a they're, they're trying to figure their shit out. Mm-hmm. And I think also too that it's not worth it to stay married just for just to say you're married to someone. And we have to then take away some of this way that we romanticize marriage and how we put marriage up on this pedestal as this thing that's beyond reproach as long as you can say you did it. Ridiculous. Yeah. We'll be right back. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could, would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. When the Taliban banned music in Afghanistan, millions were plunged into silence. Radios were smashed. Cassettes burned. You could be beaten or jailed or killed for breaking the rules. And yet, Afghans did it anyway. This is the story of how a group of people brought music back to Afghanistan by creating their own version of American Idol. The danger they endured. They said my head should be cut off. The joy they brought to the nation. You're free completely. No one is there to destroy you. I'm John Legend. Listen to Afghan Star on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for the eligible bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. 
I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Can I just say to the people listening, yo, as the non, never been married, never even been asked person on this situation, Asia has got me to rethinking and remixing marriage so much in my head that like I'm literally sitting here auditing myself like, so Laia, is it because all your life that that was what, you know, the American dream? Or is it because in my mind, when my mother and father got together, I got one of those rare situations where my mother and father was like, I love you. We need to do this. And then let's make a baby because it needs to be more than just you. That's what fucked me up. Now, mind you, they got divorced six six years after I was born. But (laughs) there may be still some trauma here about, I believe that what they thought they were setting up is still possible. And I don't know, maybe because they still, they still tight friends now, but I'm just trying, again, to everybody listening, I'm just saying that you you have Asia in your life now and Jill. And so we are reevaluating these institutions that were planted in our heads since Well, I don't think that what your parents have done and what they plan to do was not successful. It was not nullified because they decided to walk away from the marriage after six years. They came together with intention. They did something out of intention, not Mm. only to love one another, but then to make a child. And so the marriage didn't last. Who gives a fuck? Look at how beautiful you are. Hey, so. It doesn't mean forever either. See, this is what it doesn't mean forever. It's not nullified. Okay. Okay. You know what okay. I'm saying? Like, no. It's hard to deprogram. I mean, I'm just saying y'all know. But that it's, it's also, again, because we have to talk in nuance, it's also not okay to say to someone who's been in it for 25, 30 years that their time don't mean nothing either. See, that's not cool either. Mm-hmm. Oh, just because you've been together a long time don't mean nothing. Oh, no, it no, means, it means a lot. It means a lot. Oh, that means something. It, it, I definitely have appreciated, like I I said earlier, seeing happy couples, seeing Mm -hmm. fulfilled individuals start a partnership 
and continue moving towards that partnership. That's what I'm talking about. The rest, my first choice was a good choice. Life showed itself and we ended up parting ways. After that, I didn't make a good choice because I had something, I had a plan. I had a plan in my mind what I was going to do. And because I can, I will. And it wasn't, it just wasn't a good choice. And I don't regret it. I don't regret anything. I don't I don't regret that because I've I've learned so much about myself in the process. I'm not somebody that can sit around and be miserable or unhappy. There's too many blessings, there's too many things to be joyful about. And it's not just the stuff. It literally is the sunshine in, in these windows right now. Like there's a reason to smile. There is a reason to be my my, my pillow is comfortable. You know, like like there's there's stuff I can find reasons. I didn't enjoy so much my cauliflower pizza, but, you know, I'm not hungry. (laughs) You know, I'm just trying to find always order something else. Trying to find the good in the darkness. I think another generational curse is, oh, seeking approval from people who you shouldn't be seeking approval from. Hmm. Hmm. You you know the cousin or the, the the auntie or the mother father that has never traveled the world, and you're asking and talking to them about if you should go to Italy for the summer. Hmm. They don't. Hmm. They don't. That's not who you talk to, babe. That's not. That's not. That's not who you talk to. <laughs> so are you saying finding your people? Like finding your tribe and finding not being your, so tied to your, and your to, circle. Yes. Yeah. Find your folks. Find people that can. I know yeah. that I can call either of you at any time and talk about a place. I'm like, I want to go to Brazil. Tell me what's up. Mm-hmm. I know that you have answers. And if you don't have answers and you know somebody that has answers, that, yeah. that's, a, that's a good circle of people to be around. If yeah. you have dreams that are bigger than your block or bigger than your neighborhood, you need to find other people who have dreams bigger than their block and their neighborhood. Period. Yeah. Because your 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 ideas are going to get shut down again and again and again. What's on the other side of the river? I don't know what's on the other side of the river. I ain't going on the other side of the river. Why would I go to the other side of the river? It's the same side, just opposite. Same thing. What you want to go over there for? Translation is, I ain't going to North Philly. I've been in South Philly all my life. Sorry. All of those parts. I have a quick one, too, is living up to potential. Because, like, that's the thing, too, with my parents that always has haunted me a bit. My father was really a, a great tennis player. And he had, like, a lot of potential to play professionally. But he couldn't get over a couple of things. The fact that he was just unfortunately just ghetto to a phone and also struggle with addiction. So some, when I say ghetto, it's that mentality of you can't trust anyone. So therefore you're always, you almost kind of mess your shit up just because mm-hmm. you're like, you can't really trust anybody and you know, you always trying to hustle. No, not necessary. And my mom just wasn't encouraged. She just was not encouraged. Well, my mom said to me, which I didn't know until the last five years, just now, she was like, you know, being a little girl and being a young girl, I wasn't encouraged to go to college. I wasn't encouraged to, mm-hmm. that wasn't something that my, and, you know, much as we love my grandma, but you know, she didn't think of that either. Mm-hmm. So she was like, I never even thought that I could go to college. 
which hearing that at 40 something years old it's also one of the moments where you're like damn I, I, we knew each other better like I, wow I think I know you I just I don't I thought my grandmother was the smartest person I had ever met and she had only gone to the 6th grade she probably is the smartest yeah, person probably... you've ever met. Shit. No, I'm just telling you, like, I mean, I've known some really intelligent folks that I would trust any trust beyond anybody that have very little, quote unquote, you know, uh, formal education. But one mm-hmm. of the things I've been trying to get across to my kids about formal education is this. Formal education just opens up those possibilities of your thinking and how you think. And you know what I mean? It gives you language. Sometimes language is a thing that free your life. You can think a bunch of stuff and have a lot of really great like analysis about a lot of things. But if you don't have the language, it doesn't matter. You can't explain it, yeah. You can't also, explain it. You can't teach other people. You can't teach yourself. You can't analyze your own shit. Like my mm. 10-year-old, I told you. It was just funny to me because this kid really has language. And it's so wild to me because it's hard to raise a kid like that because you're used to just saying, boom, this is what it is. But when they can run your ragged, let me run your riot down, like uh, this, this is this, da, 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 da. But that's why education is different now. Like, I feel like education is different for your kids versus if my mom would have probably got an education as a boomer. Right. Well, yeah, because it would have been laced up she and a may whole not, bunch of other shit. Right. Well, not just that, but she may not have been a flight attendant her whole life. Maybe she would have made supervisor. Maybe, you know, that would have, maybe it would have shown her that there are bigger places to go in the company. I don't mm-hmm. know if she ever even thought about that. So I'm just, it's just interesting. And now, because you told me about just the way that Akil has kind of explained, y'all have talked about college. And I'm like, yeah, I see that now. I don't know if I saw that then, but I think that they made it so that you can see this way now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that shit's been wild me out. I've learned so much about that process. It's hard around here because the kids see it. And now Nina, she's like, I don't want to go to college. I'm like, well, why? And then she giving me all the reasons, and I can't argue with any of them, to be 100% honest. My girlfriend's nephew Mm. said he's not going to college right now because he's making too much money on TikTok. Yeah, Jet hit me with that. He was like, Mom, I'm going to be a YouTube star. And I was like, my God. In the meantime, I'm going to need you to raise up this math grade and go in there with your tutor. That's what I'm going to need you to do. Sir. Until then. That's be what like, I, until then. Until then. I be wanting the Cosby show on these niggas. Like, listen, let me pull out and show you what my monthly bills are. You just let me know, you know, what you want to do, what you got on it. Because this one stage the whole thing. The what do you have get, on it? The job you're going to get ain't going to cover none of this. You feel me? And that's why I'm just like, look, just figure out what you want to do and then we'll figure out the work. But don't try to skip the work. That's my thing. Like, the work going to look different. Just decide what you want to do. If you don't know what you want to do, don't go spend my money. Right. That's fine. If you don't know what you want to do, you figure that shit out at community college, which is fine and beautiful. Mm -hmm. And and you can at least take some classes to kind of help expand the way you think. But this is like, I'm looking into who's teaching. I'm looking into what's going on. Because it's like, if they don't have a system set up to really support students, what's the purpose of them being in these schools? See, right now. And then they're going know. into damn debt in the whole, in the whole nine. For what? When they don't have anything there to assist people. I don't want you just pay to go to a class. I don't give a fuck if that class is at Harvard or at CCP. And are you really going to pay all that money to be on a computer? Because what does college look like post 
2021. Oh, no. We pulled our kill his senior year. He did not go. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I don't even know. I'm having a college conversation. I'm like, what does college look like in the future? Like, well, shit. Lives are changing it looks like shit right now. My son's not getting advised to do anything. His advisor has changed three times in the four times that he's been in school. And mm, he was one of the top HBCUs in the whole fucking country. And they're expensive as shit. And they got my son about to graduate with no guidance. Mm. And I'm like, no, nah, fuck that. Y'all not going to get another dime of my money until this shit is, is sorted the fuck out. And I, I'm not doing it. And then my son is with me. He's behind me on the whole thing. And we're, we're on the same page. But, but let me tell y'all what my son's senior year in college has looked like. He's put out his own album. He's learned how to sound engineer. He's learned how to mix his own record. He's mixed other people's records. He set up his own house and his own studio. He's in the middle of writing a second project. Like, he puts up his own merchandise. It's just like, man, and he's teaching. He's teaching and, and recruiting for the school he went to. You have to say his name and where our listeners can find him and his music. Well, oh yeah, his name is Akil Dawood and he has an album out called Born to Be Loved. And that is, the title is named after my mother because she used to have a shirt that used to say Born to Be Loved and we used to always tell her that she was. And the last photo that she posted on social media was a picture of her and my son out together. Ooh. And so they, that I think at the end of the day, we got young people who know what's in them. They know they got something in there. It's just our job to facilitate how we're going to take what's in there and give them a pathway yep. into their passion and purpose. And that to me is, that's the goal for me. It's and how the confidence to and jump confidence. off that limb and fly. Because the confidence is tough. That's another thing. That generational curse is very big in our family because our men don't seem to live very long. I don't know if it's, I don't know if that's actually the case, if it's because of it, but I noticed the men in our family are super coddled. And I think, and that to me just is the recipe for a poo putt. Girl, now and that's the curse I we should have talked about. I cannot, I cannot. Oh. But see, my, that's, there's, there's, a, there's the coddling and then there's also the taking away of their vulnerability also. So that's, it's like, it's, again, a, it's, like it's, it's like we live in these polarized places. We're either enabling our men or we are so rough and tough on them that there's no room for their vulnerability and their growth and kindness. We have very like, sweet nanny and she comes and visits sometimes when we just can't make the schedule work. So that's she always is the come through and love her to pieces. So kind. But what I tell you, mm-hmm. if there's a chore that my child is supposed to do, she will do his chores. And I was mm-hmm. like, we're about to break friendship here. We're about to break friendship. I need you to understand that those are his chores and he has to do them. If he wants his allowance every week, then these things must be done. In order for me to get paid, I have to do my job. Don't you have to do your job to get paid? Why are you teaching him that you'll do it for him? That somebody's going to do it for him? That is unacceptable. Don't do that again. I beg of you. And I'm telling you. <laughs> I beg of you and I'm telling you. Yeah. He will, He can't. We can't do that. I've seen Yo. it. I, mm-hmm. I've, I've had cousins where their their mom did their homework their whole life. Can't, can't hardly, you know put money into yeah. a savings account 
Don't know how much to check. You know, you didn't add your checks together before you put them in there, baby. Do you know how much your electric bill is every month? You know, like the the things that are normal that most people have to deal with. It's just, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I can't. Yeah. I don't want And that's that. the good side of it because he probably is nice. Shit. I had two uncles that got coddled and they are on two different edges of things. Like the one who they thought who was told his whole life, you're going to be great. You're And you got those pretty brown eyes. You're so attractive. Blah, 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 blah. Turned to a whole asshole beating up, beating on women and whatever and ever. And there's the other uncle, may he rest in peace, Uncle Ray. But Uncle Ray was all about the business. Not really about the loving, you know, women would come and go. But he was all about the business. You can't, you couldn't get in his car because he drove a Porsche, you know. Mm-hmm. So he didn't want nobody in that car but him. So he was on that side. But both coddled. I remember watching as a kid and going, why do these men, they don't got to wash a dish? Like we didn't, we didn't, we didn't cook all this food for these holidays. And these niggas just sit up on the couch and fall asleep. And they ain't even brought no groceries. Hmm. How many people got people like that in their family? I'm well, going to say this. We have a thing in our household called community. And it's like I say all the time is everybody has a responsibility to the community. You can't live here if you're not going to put in to the well-being of us all. So that means that if I ask you to clean something up and you didn't put it there, it doesn't matter. We all have to, we all have to make sure that our home, our space looks a certain way and that we deal with it a certain way because the whole community benefits from these, these common areas. The common area is everybody's responsibility. So what if you didn't do it? Cause I just, I can't, I can't deal with that part of it, but you know, I got two boys and my son, my oldest son is very independent. But I think also that he experienced a life and watched not only himself, but other young men lose their ability to, to need help. Sometimes mm-hmm. my oldest son don't ask for help because he still believes that whole energy like I'm a boy, I'm, I'm 21, I'm a man, I'm not supposed to ask my parents for any help. He said that to me. That's so funny you say that. I'm like, what you mean you ain't going to ask your parents? They the experts in everything you're doing. Boy, they right there, right in the other room. And I'm like, and my thing is like, I've seen that happen. And the, the, you know, he went to an all boys high school watching young men get penalized for just being young men, just if they loud or they this or they that it's like, everything is punitive. Everything is that there's no space for them to be vulnerable at all. So I do think I agree with y'all in terms of the coddling. Because that's not the way that we as Black people, as women, that we are supposed to counteract that other thing. Mm-mm. No. You know, but that's a, I, we still end up doing shit by ourselves then because the man don't feel like he needs it. Like, no, they're going to do yeah, it. Like, she they right. got it. They be like, oh, she right. right. They got she it. Got she got it. it. She cool. No. Yeah. No. And then, and then get on TV talking about, I got me a strong Black woman. Mm-hmm. God, you ain't giving me a choice. Listen, Jet opens <laughs> my door. Don't call me no strong black woman. I don't want to hear that shit. And I, I sit man. there until he opens the door for every woman that there is. I, I'm sorry. Listen. We're just going to be in the car then. So while you stand outside and look around, we're just going to be in the car. Are you trying to tell me I can't get the door open for me and I'm I'm going in this gang? Stop, G. <laughs> what? Oh, we do sitting right here. Oh, sorry, mom. Thank you. Thank you so much. 
Thank you. You get all the sweetness, but I'm not moving. Wait, Jill, are you driving the car? So Jack got to get out and come. Listen, <laughs> I'm going to just park this car and I'm going to wait for you to come around here. Open this door. All right. Oh, come on, wrench around. I'm going to reach around that. and get the door. I'm gonna yeah, my that. sons are not opening up the doors for me, so I have to step my game up. They're going to be like, the hell is this, mom? I'm like, listen, Jill's going to be like, it's too late. I'm like, no, Jill says you got to get out. I kill going to be like, I'm going to call Auntie Jill. He can, he can call me. That is a very, very endearing and respectful thing to do. I think it I'm like, handle it. I, I get out. Oh, the car I'm going to make mother. my daughter's shit. I'm going to make my daughter's do get it, Get out. Do you, Jill? Did you hear that? What? Well, I missed it. She, she get out the car and open the door for her mother, too. That, I'm, you're making me look bad. Shit. I'm not. Yeah, I'm going to make my daughters do it, too. That's why I told you. I said, I'm going to get the daughters on it, too. Oh, this is my a, mother and father. Yeah. <laughs> come on, somebody. But that was a generational curse, don't you? No. I, there's some things <laughs> that we can't do. I can't do it, mom, dad. <laughs> I can't do some things, but you Yo. know, I, I have to be mindful of how I want Jet to treat whoever is in his future. Yeah, you know, and then I, I want him to like it. I just want my sons to get some damn therapy, work their bullshit out, and don't hand it to and lay it in some other woman's lap. Amen. Don't do it. literally, yeah. literally. Yeah, please don't yeah. do that shit. Don't embarrass me in these streets. Right. Okay, go get right. you some help. Go get you some help, son. Yeah. Because whatever's wrong with you, trust and believe it was going to be something. It's breaking generational curses. I really believe it's about, let's say you got to write it down. Yeah. What are the things that, that you don't care for that you've seen growing up? What are they? Put them mm-hmm. up. And what do you do about them? What do you yeah. do? What do you do? It's not up to me. It's not my job. It's your job to figure out I'm not, okay, I'm not going to stay in unhappy relationships or miserable relationships. I'm not going to do that. Or lonely relationships or emotionally unavailable relationships. I'm not going to do that to myself. Okay, I'm Mm -hmm. not going to stay in a job that pays me well, but I don't feel fulfilled. I don't, I want to move. I want to grow. I want to do something different. That's important, you know, Mm -hmm. to, to do these things. And we're the first generation that has the privilege to do it. So, shit, take advantage of it. Take advantage of your privileges. Mm -hmm. Because you have some. That's a Mm. good one. That's a good break. Take Mm. advantage of your privileges. Because they do. Yes. Baby. Baby. Make a vow to yourself. To yourself. That you're going to do something different. And you're going to try something different. And get out of your way. Maybe that poverty mindset. Maybe you start a secret bank account. Don't tell nobody in your family. Mm-hmm. Because you have a goal. You have a dream. Maybe you want to see London one day. You know, maybe you maybe you want to do something. Don't tell them. Because there's yeah. going to be a reason. Oh, can I borrow $35? Because I know that I'm going to pay it back on Tuesday. But uh, I need that $35 today. You know what I mean? Like, all of a sudden, if you tell everybody and you family, I'm saving up. And if they're not people that save, then what's going to happen is they're going to be coming at you again and again until your savings are depleted. And where have you gone? Nowhere. And where have they gone? Nowhere. To the corner. I challenge everybody also to think too, like, yes, it always starts with the individual. And there's so much work in that. Enough work in the individual to keep you busy forever. 
Mm-hmm. But to consider the arm or the piece of that individual work that spills out into the community as well. Because as we break our own generational curses, it would behoove us to be a part of a collective break in generational curses. Mm. And that part is, is in community is a big part of that. So you've got to spill what you know out into the streets. Otherwise, it doesn't have the same type of longevity and tail that you want it to have. And generation, the word generation, that, that mm-hmm. indicates long tail. That means you don't want... People. And we just, just people. people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I know I, I might have a goal in mind and then I, I'm i a break from the goal and, and I call either of you and lie you be like, don't do that, Jill. You said... <laughs> You said you the one that wanted to. You, know I mean? you need those kind of friends that will that won't let you, you know, play yourself. Yeah. Or yeah, or stop you from, you know, doing the thing that you dream of. Mm-hmm. You need you need the encouragement. I really just thought about people. what you said, Joe. That that's so ill. It's unfortunate, but it's also an opportunity when you say, you know, go to the folks who know for your advice. And oftentimes, when it comes to saving, when it comes to relationships, when it comes to making money, a lot of times those resources are not in your family, but that's okay. Yeah, it doesn't make those people in your family lesser than. You know what I'm saying? I said it it before. I don't know if people have ever understood it, but I'm saying it again. If you can tell me what to do, then you can tell me what to do. But if you can't tell me what to do, you can't tell me what to do. Uh And there we have that. And there we have that. Thank you so much for listening. You know, we enjoy you. Uh, uh, This conversation is to spark conversation and hopefully a revolution in your heart and mind. Peace, y'all. Hey, y'all, it's Eves, a producer on the show, and it's time for another resource. In this episode, the ladies talked about not seeking information and advice from our family and friends on subjects that they are not qualified to speak on. Laia didn't really have people in her family who she could speak with about finances, so she went to do her own research and found the Bogleheads Guides useful. There are several books in the series, like the Bogleheads Guide to the Three Fund Portfolio and the Bogleheads Guide to Investing. And if you've noticed any harmful patterns in your lineage, like Jill said, write them down. Even if you're not the one to change them, you can question why they exist, think about your own role in your lineage, and consider what legacy you want to leave behind. I'll drop links in the episode description. This podcast is hosted by Jill Scott, Laia St. Clair, and Aja Graydon-Dantzler. Its executive producers are Jill Scott, Sean G., and Brian Calhoun. It's produced by Laia St. Clair and me, Eve Jeffcoat. The editing and sound design for this episode were done by Christina Loringer.
Yes, child, it's a lot. So far, as it, I've got the the Mariah book down in this. Biography. I got to get that my that my Agra. My. Mm, come on, come on. <laughs> I, I'm not even gonna say. That. I'm just, I'm just gonna shut up. Oh, you got it. No, that was great. Please. The longer the silence went, the better. <laughs> Her name. You got to say her name. Mariah. <laughs> Niagara. What the fuck was wrong with my mouth? What happened? It happens. <laughs> edibles kicked in from yesterday. It kicked in from yesterday. Blessings. J.ill is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This is the story of how a group of people brought music back to Afghanistan by creating their own version of American Idol. The joy they brought to the nation. You're free completely. No one is there to destroy you. The danger they endured. They said my head should be cut off. I'm John Legend. Listen to Afghan Star on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.